Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. And welcome to another episode of the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. I'm your host, Dr. Barry Pierre, your favorite board-certified internist, founder of drbarrypierre.com, as well as the CEO of Pierre Medical Consulting, helping you empower yourself with better health with the number one podcast for patient advocacy, affirmation, as well as education. This week, we bring you episode 161, aptly titled COVID-19, No End in Sight, where we're going to be discussing, you know, where we at as far as our, our the world, especially the United States, as far as COVID is concerned, um, how far we've come since really our, uh, you know, let's say July, because that was uh, one of our more popular episodes where we had uh, Felton Show, episode 151, I believe. Um, so we're going to be talking about uh, uh, some numbers, uh, some realities that we really need to discuss and what we need to look forward to in 2021. So like always, if you have not had a chance, Remember to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. Let us know how much you love the podcast and uh, share that out and tell a friend and actually tell 10 friends uh, to download uh, this week's episode. So like always, you guys be blessed. Have a great day. Let's get ready for another amazing episode here on the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. This podcast is sponsored by the Lunch and Learn Community Merchandise Store, living out the motto, empower yourself for better health. At the store, you can get your favorite t-shirts, coffee mugs, even wristbands and more. For a limited time, you can get 10% off your next purchase using the coupon code EMPOWER10. That's EMPOWER10, E-M-P-O-W-E-R-10. Just go to shop.drbarrypr.com to pick up your purchase and get 10% off today. And remember, 50% of your purchases will be donated to the Five Star Scholarship Foundation, a nonprofit organization for high school students. Hey, what's going on, guys? Dr. Bayer here bringing you episode 161, guys. And again, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I think someone has to bring this bad news to you guys because we tried to warn you, right? And now let's, I want to, let's do a recap. Let's do a quick little recap before we get into the episode fully. So in July, I had a good friend of mine, Velton Scholl, who is an epidemiologist. And in July, we were talking about the coronavirus. We were talking about this disease that was really kicking our butt at the time. And we were trying to, you know, really scream bloody murder and, you know, spell all kinds of doom and gloom into you guys because we wanted you guys to understand how serious the professionals took it. Right. And just to kind of give you some numbers. Right. In July, our cases here in the United States were about 4.65 million. So we had about 4.65 million cases of coronavirus at the time. At the time, we had about 154,000 deaths. And we were really asking questions like, is this the beginning of the second wave, right? We were asking questions like, is contact tracing gonna be important? We were asking questions like, are we gonna be able to curtail this by the holidays? And we left that episode and I left that episode uh, alongside with Elton thinking, yeah, I don't think so, because there were so many different factors that we couldn't, unfortunately, put the trust uh, into the system. Uh, and by trusting the system, system being the government, system being the people in the government, 
you know, AKA some of your family members, some of your neighbors. Like we didn't have enough trust in that system to believe that what we were going to do was going to change by the time November came around. So fast forward to today, right? Just so we can get some mental clarity on where we're at right now. At this point, we are at 13.6 million cases. So by the time I record this, 13.6 million cases. There's a more likely scenario by the time that you listen to this. If you listen to this one week after the podcast releases, we'll likely be at 14 million. We are at, as we speak, 272,000 deaths here across the United States. The United States as a country leads the world in cases of uh, coronavirus. The United, leads the world, right? So we're number one in that. We're number one in deaths. Right. So uh, we are not doing good whatsoever. And, you know, questions such as is contract tracing important? That answer is no. And the reason why it's a no, because I want to bring you back to March. I want to bring you back to February when we were just talking about the coronavirus cases. And we were saying like, hey, there's this virus out here that I think we really need to be worried about. In March, questions I would ask if I wanted to ascertain if you maybe have the coronavirus is, hey, have you recently traveled or known someone who traveled? Like that was an actual question that we asked people. You know what we ask people now? Do you know anyone who may have come down with the coronavirus? Because the coronavirus is so embedded into our country that I don't even need to know whether you traveled or not. I just need to know if you known someone who may have been around someone who's sick. Like that's it. Like that's that's all we need to know. Or have you been out in public? Have you been out to a party? Have you been traveling? Have you been out with a group of members and practice? And do, have you been doing something in a group that may put you at increased risk? That's all we need to know now because coronavirus is a part of our American fabric. And not to leave anybody out, right, especially when we talk about these cases, here are the states that are leading the charge as far as coronavirus cases and deaths. Texas, California, Florida, Illinois and New York. Now, and that was actually in order. So let's let's make sure we give their just dues. Texas has about 1.23 million cases. California has 1.21 million cases. Florida about 985,000 cases. Illinois 714,000 cases and New York uh, leading or bottom out the top 5 in 639,000 cases. Now, if you think about this, right? If we were if we were, if we flash back to July, New York was on TV like almost every single day, right? Because of what was happening in New York, especially New York City. So you would think like, all right, New York is definitely going to be the state that's going to be number one forever. But clearly, despite what people may think, like of all of the lockdowns, all of, you know, shutting down businesses and quarantining, clearly that did the job because uh, now it's the bottom five and soon it will not be in the top five, right? That's how much... Uh, of a uh, uh, that's how bad of a job these other states have done that they have lapped New York and they will continue to lap New York. So here I am, right as a as a physician, right here I am as a public health professional. Here I am taking care of patients in the hospital, and you know the same issues that we were dealing with in March and April and July, we are dealing with in New- November going into December. Who hasn't had the coronavirus? At this point is a better question than who has like the coronavirus has had, you know, no discrimination in who it's affected. Um, we know, 
right? We know it's affected certain populations more than others that we know of. But in terms of like who can get it, like, again, our president of the United States got the coronavirus and had to go to the hospital for the coronavirus, despite, you know, you know, him joyriding, uh, you know, while he was being treated for the coronavirus, which, again, I still shake my head on that. The fact that half, you know, half of the White House staff got came down with the coronavirus. It's this is a virus. This is a pandemic that is here. This is uh, this is this is really what me and Velton kind of foreshadowed was our concern if we were going the rate that we were going. Um, we are at the point now where a hundred thousand plus new cases occur every single day. A hundred thousand new cases occur every single day. Um, If you follow me on my other social media platforms, YouTube, Facebook, you know that uh, even my Periscope uh, followers, shout out to you guys, uh, you know that I was at one point doing videos kind of highlighting like, hey, like, quote unquote, at that time, I thought were historic numbers like, hey, guys, we hit the three million mark. Hey, guys, we hit the four million mark. If I was still doing it as this day, I would have had to record three videos just last month. Because uh, we are spending like now it only takes about a week for us to go from the one million to the next million. It only takes about a week. Uh, I think the from 12 to 13 took six days. Guys, we're in trouble. And, you know, and the, the title of this show, obviously, you know, COVID-19 no in the site uh, is not, you know, to, you know, scare you. It's not to, you know, for clicks like it is the reality that we are in. And in spite of, you know, what we're seeing, especially with some most most recent news with these pharmaceutical companies, uh, you know, touting their success rate in vaccines, that's not going to change what's happening right now. Like vaccines are going to be a thing that we're not going to really see any benefit probably till the summer anyways. Um, you know, the mass public's probably not going to start seeing vaccines probably the first quarter of 2021 anyways. So we're not going to see those benefits of the vaccine anyway. Again, and I've and I talked about this before, because when especially when I talk about the flu, you have a virus like the flu who has a viable vaccine out there. And we get about 40 percent of people who should be getting the flu who actually take the flu, 40, 45 percent. Now, interestingly enough, and I kind of predicted this, the number is actually higher so far this flu season. Like we're having a lot more people taking that flu shot this year uh, than had in the past, which I expected because of just because of the fear of coronavirus. But again, I said 40 percent. Right. So even if we have a lot more people, that may be like may go up to 56 percent. So even if you have the virus and I'm sorry, even if you have the vaccine out here, do I fully expect that? Now, all of a sudden, we're going to run and, you know, take this vaccine in mass. I don't think so. So I think you're still going to have a lot of people who are going to walk around and not pick up the vaccine, despite it being readily available. I, I fully expect that. And I think you should fully expect that because here, especially in the United States, right, we, we tend to do what we want. Right. And because we tend to do what we want, uh, we have to kind of suffer the consequences of doing that. And we're suffering them now, right? We talked about in July, guys, if you just wear a mask, if you just socially distance, you know, we can slow this thing down. Um, You know, we can maybe have a viable holiday. Like we talked about that, even though we were we weren't optimistic because we just didn't believe people would do it. And here we are in November, in December, people are still traveling. People still aren't social distancing. People still aren't wearing masks. And this isn't, and again, just so for full clarity, this isn't something that 
like, oh, no people outside of healthcare um, are the ones, you know, at fault for this. No, no, no. There's a lot of people in healthcare. There's a lot of people who are in healthcare who take care of patients uh, who's, who are afflicted with COVID-19 who don't believe you should be wearing a mask. Again, I, depending on where you listen to this, I'm, I'm in the state of Florida and our governor, you know, DeSantis, um, you know, has enacted rules that won't even allow counties to try to find people for not wearing a mask. Right. Like that's a rule. Like imagine saying, like, I'm going to make a rule that doesn't allow you, the county, to find people for not wearing a mask. Like so public health thing is not his like is not his priority. Right. He does not care. He's going to open up the businesses. He's going to open up the schools, despite what the numbers say. Um, and even the numbers in Florida, I, I read it was about nine hundred eighty-five thousand. I'm almost sure it's higher because we already know that um, he's doing things to decrease the reporting of cases. So we already know, like we already, I already know what's at play there. So when, even when I see nine hundred eighty-five thousand cases, I'm almost sure we're at a million. And depending on when you listen to this episode, we'll be over a million, um, you know, sooner rather than later. So we we have to, and again, we have to talk in this this level of you know, gloom, right? Because we have to try this. We have to dispel as much false hope and false rhetoric that's out there. Um, and for there's some people like, especially I know you obviously you listen to a health podcast, right? But, you know, sometimes it's good to kind of know, you know, how is this affecting us from an economic standpoint? We saw what the stock market did in March, but we know in November, the stock market just hit a record high of 30,000. Right. So clearly, like despite the fact that unemployment is trash. Right. And it looks as these are some numbers just from Pew study recently that talked about, you know, how coronavirus has affected us from an economic standpoint. Forty six percent of adults have had trouble paying their bills since the pandemic has started. Thirty two percent of adults have had trouble paying rent, paying mortgage since the pandemic has started. Twenty five percent of people uh, and adults, right, know someone who is either laid off or had to work less hours in their job because of the pandemic. And again, and again, I'm not talking about the service industry, such as like the bars and restaurants that literally had to close down. Like, you know, these are people who made it in industries such as corporate and tech and all these other things that said, you know, you go work from home or you work less hours. We don't need you as much. Um, you know, so we, I, I understand businesses are being affected um, and Despite the fact that you may want to, again, we, we saw that one, I forget what state that was, that like stormed, um, you know, their city hall because they wanted to go back to work. Yeah, you want to go back to work. But like if there's if there's no one there who's healthy enough to go back to work, like what do you want them to do? And and and, and that's one of those things where we, we talk about the essential worker. Right. And like, of course, they always talk about how the doctors are the essential workers and. You know, especially in March, right? If you, you may remember how you know some of these grocery stores had special hours for us. You know, you had stores had uh, special discounts for us all of a sudden. But here we are in November, and we're hitting a hundred plus hundred thousand cases a day. And I don't see those same stores talking about those discounts anymore. I don't see those same stores talking about you know you know here's some special hours. Come shop with us at these special hours. Like they're not doing that. So it, it's one of those things where unfortunately. Unfortunately, especially here in the United States, uh, it's business as usual. But unfortunately, my business is taking care of patients and as a public health professional, really educating the public like what is really going on. And, and that's a problem. Right. And we're, we're in we're in we're in trouble. 
right? And again, and I, I talk about COVID-19 really having no end in sight, despite, you know, these, these vaccine that are going to be out there, that are going to be, that's going to happen, right? Like 2021 isn't looking that much better, right? In terms of our health-related numbers, we're hoping, right? Again, I'm hoping, I'm hoping I'm wrong, right? I'm hoping that, you know, 100% of people get this vaccine and all of a sudden the, the numbers drop, and all of a sudden our hospitals, you know, are less full, right? Because what's, what's interesting, right? And I want to talk about this, right? Because I, I follow physicians on social media, you know, across the country. So when in early, in early March, April, May, when, you know, New York is really being, you know, beaten, beaten uh, by just the sheer number of cases they were getting, by the ICU beds filling up, by the morgues filling up. They had freezer trucks because of the amount of corpses. When New York was getting beaten, you know, you had, you know, again, you had, uh, you know, physicians in the West Coast, the Midwest, even Florida, um, you know, that wasn't really feeling that same effect. And then as you as you can see, once you see the numbers start surging in these different places, like I'm seeing their tweets, I'm seeing their Facebook posts, how they're saying like, all right, our ICU beds are full. How they're saying like, you know, we, we can't we're, we're diverting, like we can't take any more patients, like how, you know, from a resident standpoint, all of a sudden residents are having to assist, like all of these things are happening. And it's almost like deja vu, like it's almost like we didn't see what was happening in New York and didn't expect it to happen in our state. And it's the reason why now New York is number five and places like Texas, California, Florida are one, two and three. Right. Like it's it's because I think we were in sheer denial of, you know, how severe this this disease process is, especially when and I and I see it all the time. I see people say like, oh, it only has a one percent mortality. Yeah, that's great. Right. But if this disease is so communicable that a whole bunch of like 100,000 new cases can happen every day, that one percent is a lot of people. Right. And I, I think I don't think people realize that. Like, and I think a lot of times because it's not an immediate family member, you know, they don't they're, they're not as, you know, apt to care. And I think we've seen that, you know, across this country. Right. We've seen across this country that, you know, we ha- this country has a level of empathy um, that is very, very low when it comes for others. Like when it comes for themselves, like, oh, man, you know, please worry about me. Please care about me and my family. But when it comes for others, they don't care. Right. And the the first sign is always the people who don't think they should socially isolate. Uh, the first sign is always the people who don't think they should be wearing masks. That's because they it's not like they don't care about themselves. They care about themselves. They just don't care about others. And they feel like, hey, COVID-19 is not going to do nothing to me. And if it does something to you, that's your fault. And those are people we got to stay away from. And unfortunately, they're everywhere. And we have to deal with it, the fact that they're everywhere. So we have to go into 2021 understanding that people aren't going to take this vaccine. We have to go into 2021 understanding that people aren't, um, you know, going to wear masks, uh, especially if they don't have to. Um, we, We have to understand the fact that people are going to, you know, travel while they're sick and get others sick as well. Which, which is always, uh, you know, an interesting phenomenon, especially now, um, you know, especially as I record, this is during the holidays. And, you know, a lot of people 
Uh, even though we warn, like, hey, if you do these things in July, maybe you'll be safe, be able to safely travel in the holidays. We did not do those things in July, but people, a lot of people still travel during the holidays, which is kind of funny because especially my timelines are usually filled with, you know, travel related photos and pictures of dinner plates and all this other stuff. And I definitely seen a drop in that number. And, uh, and I'm one, I don't want to say 100% sure because you never 100% sure, but I'm sure a lot of those people just didn't post them. Like they would like to the point where it's so funny. Like now if someone posts a picture like that, if that they're at a party, like they always have to mention, like, hey, this was pre-COVID. Right. Because they because they already know the backlash of, like, hey, you were just at a party like during a pandemic. Right. Like imagine how crazy that sounds. Um, but there's a lot of people who go to parties while still at a pandemic. Like it's just a just a crazy, crazy, crazy game. And uh, Dr. Fossey, who you guys may have known, is kind of the, the lead uh, task force member. Um, you know, he talked about and I just read this article and I'll put a link in the show notes how he talked about like we are about to expect a surge upon a surge uh, of cases of coronavirus because of holiday travel. So like if if you thought November was bad, right, if you thought going from 12 million to 13 million in six days was bad, he expects that to get a lot worse in December because of all the traveling that's going to happen now. That's because of all the travel is going to happen in December. And you may be thinking, well, you know, Dr. Barry, I want to go see my family. So let me tell you what typically what typically occurs, right? That, you know, if you were going to be safe, right, if you were going to protect yourself, what you would need to do, like in an ideal world. Most people don't live in this ideal world because a lot of people say like, oh, let me go get uh, tested on Monday because I'm traveling on Friday. And yeah, you may be negative on Monday. But guess what? We know that this virus takes sometimes 10 to 14 days to really become symptomatic, to show symptoms for you to become positive. So, yeah, you tested on Monday and you are negative on Tuesday and you traveled on Friday to Sunday. But guess what? You are positive that whole time frame. Right. And you don't start getting symptoms. till maybe like that next Wednesday or Thursday. Right. So so that look now here we go. Right. So you this is already a week since you saw your family like you saw your family last week, but you didn't start getting symptoms till the week after you saw your family, because that's really how the virus kind of grows and replicates. Right. And, And but you are shedding that virus the whole time you were with the family. So, again, you may be scot free. Right. It may be asymptomatic, but someone in your family may not be. So the ideal situation Right. For you to be able to safely say, like, yeah, I'm going to go see my family, but I'm going to make sure I protect myself. Right. Is you would need about two weeks of social isolation. That means you get that test on a Monday. You're not traveling for almost another two weeks. Right. And being symptom and you are socially isolating yourself within those two weeks. Right. And you're socially isolating yourself. And of course, you're hoping that everyone who's going that you're going to see is also doing the same thing again. Now, now you see where the problem kind of lies. And then even after that, two weeks after the fact, you should be isolating yourself to make sure nothing happens. Because, again, let's say you pick it up from a family member, but you don't realize it. Then you go back to work. And people at work say, how was the holidays? And you say it was great. But, you know, little did you know that you're now spreading coronavirus to your your workers. Uh, and I t- I've taken care of a lot of co-workers who have said that, you know, they were OK. They didn't go anywhere, but they feel like one of their, their co-workers brought it to them because they went out of town. Right. So I've, I've taken care of a lot of those types of patients as well. 
So that's that's really, again, the, the unfortunate scenario that COVID-19 has placed us in. It has really affected the way, you know, 2020 has essentially been a wash. If you did not do anything, in, if you didn't do anything in January, February, you know, this year was kind of a wash to you. Um, for most people, I would say, because, again, most people, st- some people still kind of traveled and still did their thing. Um, again, what can you do? But 2021 is definitely going to be interesting. Right. Because 2021 is when the the vaccines, I think, will definitely come out to kind of the general public. Um, they're already saying, again, you know, I, I saw some of those numbers as far as efficacy and safety issues. And, um, you know, it looks it looks good. I'll tell you, it looks good. But we already know the the healthcare workers are likely going to be the folks at first dibs and essential workers. And I, I talked about this earlier. When I when I think about essential workers, and if, if you ask me, hey, Dr. Pierre, who do you think are the essential workers? I think the people who whose job could not close down when everything else was locked down. So I want you to think about that, right? If your job was a job that during all of the lockdowns in your city didn't actually close, you're an essential worker. So, of course, healthcare workers check. Yeah, but like grocery stores, you definitely are a essential worker, right? You had a lot of, uh, you know, these fast food restaurants, you know, you know, you, you go to a fast food restaurant now, you know, they got the windows and plastic plexiglass and all these things to try to protect themselves because they know, you know, people are coming to drive through spreading that coronavirus through the drive at the window. Uh, it just is what it is, right? Because people got to eat. We, I, I fully expect the the vaccines to really start being distributed, you know, probably the first quarter of 2021. Um, again, it's not going to be it's not going to be a magic pill. You you are not going to all of a sudden be able to kind of run out mass free that. No, you're not going to be able to do that. Um, and that's going to be very interesting to see what happens after folks start getting the vaccine, because I, I think that's going to be you know very telling. Um, you know, we're st- we're still learning some of the chronic diseases associated with people who got the coronavirus, you know, got sick, got admitted to the hospital and was able to leave the fortunate people. Because we're still dealing with the the, the chronic disease that they're going to have to face for years on years. But as we go into 2021, right, as we go into 2021, understand that COVID-19 is going to be just as an important discussion as it was in March 2020, in July of 2020, in November of 2020. It's going to be just as an important discussion um, when you're talking about our health, when you're talking about the wealth, especially from a financial standpoint, and when you're talking about just kind of our way of life. I'm not trying to scream bloody murder here, right, like we did in July, because we did in July. And a lot of people didn't listen to us, but that's okay. Um, but I, I just want to make sure you guys have a reality on what to expect, especially if you're thinking like what's going to happen post COVID-19. That's really a 2022 discussion. That's not a 2021 discussion. So if you're thinking like, what is life going to be like post COVID-19? You're, you're talking about what is life going to be like in 2022? Because life and COVID-19 is still going to be here in 2021. That I can assure you and promise you that. Again, you guys, you know, stay safe, wear your mask, socially isolate. I know it's the holidays. I know people are traveling, you know, stay safe, not only to protect yourself, but most importantly, really to protect others, because that's really the name of the game. Thank you for coming to the end of the episode. It is your truly Dr. Barry Pierre. I want to give my undying thanks to you for your support. Just getting to the end of the episode means that you at least enjoyed today's episode. Hope you were empowered by today's episode. Please remember to share this episode with at least two people that you know that would be greatly affected if they did not listen to today's episode. And if you have not already done so, subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a five-star review, especially on Apple Podcasts or wherever you can leave a review. 
leave a review there because your support is so, 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 so valuable for what we're doing here on the Lynch Learn and everything with Pierre Michael Consulting. And if you have not done so, go ahead and join the listserv. To join the listserv is very easy. Just grab your phone right now. I'll pause. Join the listserv. You want to text Lunch Learn Pod. This is all going to be one word Lunch Learn Pod to 44222. And you'll be on the listserv. You'll know exactly when new episodes are coming out. You'll know about new episodes before they actually come out because I usually tell my listserv members, hey, this is what I'm working on. This is the guests that you should expect to hear for the week on. Thanks, guys. You have a blessed day, and I'm going to see you guys next week.